0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 113 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I am your host, the raspberries with my substitute co-host, the Blue Duck Gold Duck, bringing you new and interesting stories from the far reaches of the internet. So just full disclosure here, uh, Buck is a little under the weather this week, <laughs> uh, and we, we tried to record once and he sounded like total doo-doo. Uh, so we, we both agreed that we needed a stand-in, and there was only one suitable stand-in that I could think of, uh, and that's my, you know, the co-host for my former podcast, The Mountain Moon Review, as well as the untitled anime show, The Blue Duck Gold Duck. Thank hey, you. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Thank you for sitting in, Duck. Uh, we have... <laughs> No problem we are literally 113 episodes into this and we've never missed one yet i really didn't want to um it's a shame that buck's feeling under the weather but um it, it, we must press on <laughs> uh you yeah. know this was it was common for us back when we did the um uh the mount moon review that you know we we kind of like fought hard like we did episodes
1: from hotel rooms it was it was rough <laughs> it, we, I didn't, yeah, and then it kind of dropped off because my work schedule got really busy. Well, it, really it wasn't just that; there was
0: other factors. Of, you know, a global pandemic had part to do with it.
1: Yeah, there there ended up being no news to, to,
0: to report. But then, but yeah, your, your your work schedule. You know, you you got a big boy job, and you yep. and your schedule went to hell. And then you got a you know got yourself into a good relationship. Oh my lord! I mean. It's his schedule just just, just evaporated. <laughs> it's, yeah.
1: it's kind of amazing. I was able to get him on such short notice, but and I mean that's I I work weekends sometimes, so it's just luck of the draw that I'm off today. <laughs>
0: well, Buck, we're going to start with a story from NPR.com. No more emotional support peacocks as feds crack down on service animals on planes. Uh, the days of bringing your emotional support cat, pig, or even miniature horse on a plane are soon coming to an end the federal government is enacting a new rule restricting the types of animals allowed on commercial flights allowing only dogs that meet specific training criteria now i think it's important to note doug before i read this any further this story is actually from 2020 but our last episode we had a a, a, quite the discussion about emotional support animals and i I I actually learned a lot about about that (laughs) Well, this so again. This for context. This is an older story, but I I think just you know for our our regular listeners, I wanted to to bring this one in when I found it just by happenstance. I I think it's one of those deals where Google actually listens to what I'm talking about and feeds me stuff accordingly. Well, the new Department of Transportation rule is in response to a growing backlash in recent years uh, from airline pastors trying to bring all kinds of wild and outlandish pets onto planes, including a woman who tried to bring in emotional support peacock on board an American Airlines flight in 2018 and the comfort turkey that actually was allowed on a Delta Airlines flight back in 2016. It's gotten really out of control, says Paul Hartshorn Jr., a flight attendant for American Airlines and spokesman for the flight attendants union. For years, our members have been dealing with untrained, sometimes wild animals in the aircraft cabin. For the most part, I will say that dogs that are not properly trained have... uh, I'm sorry, I said that completely wrong. For the most part, I will say it's dogs that are not properly trained. But we've seen everything from pigs to monkeys to hamsters. You name it, we've seen it. The untrained animals can have behavioral issues and some have even relieved themselves on the plane. This has made many passengers incredibly uncomfortable. It's the incessant barking, defecation in the cabin, which more times than I can care to tell you. Arts says the uh, menagerie of comfort animals packed with passengers inside of cramped metal tube can make a flight miserable for allergy sufferers. And he says some flight crew members and passengers haven't been bitten by untrained animals. The reason they have not been a uh, the reason they're even allowed on the plane is because of travelers exploiting a loophole in federal law to avoid paying for their pets to fly with them. Most airlines... Uh, charge passengers a hefty fee to bring their small animals with them inside the cabin. But federal law allows people with disabilities to have certain service animals free of charge, including emotional support and comfort animals, without defining what those are. Anybody who simply mentioned emotional support animal was giving themselves a blank check to bring any animal on they wanted. And that's that's really rather true, because an emotional support animal is... any... It's just it just is. Um, I, I'm taking a break from the article because it keeps going and going. But I don't think we really need to go into it too much more. But you know, I, I've seen uh, people bring weird animals into places. For for a short time, duck. I worked in a well, not short time, actually, a, a long time. It's been a minute though. I worked in a, in the healthcare industry, and I've seen people bring ferrets and, and hamsters and, and and things of that nature. Into you know the emergency room setting because it's their emotional support animal and you know in, in most cases it's like it's whatever it doesn't hurt anything but when you see people exploit what um, like they said is the loophole in there into allow them to bring their animals on the flight it'd be one thing if they were just you know trying to exploit bringing their dog free of charge but. What would you do if you had to take a duck on a plane? If you went on a the plane, there's somebody trying to bring a
1: full grown goose under their arm or something, or a pig. Okay, first of all, a goose better not be on my freaking flight. Goose is the enemy. Goose is the enemy. <laughs> or a seagull, because fuck seagulls too. But a duck, a duck, I'd be okay with a duck. Um, I guess it just depends on how how the animal acts, but. As long as the animal doesn't smell or like interfere with me at all i really don't care what's on the plane um the issue comes in when they're like biting people or you know if somebody has a monkey crawling around all the seats yeah that's, see that's not sanitary. we
0: have we have a situation where people are allowed to bring the animals and there's a I guess but i've said in this in last week's episode that there there's there is a difference between a service animal and an emotional support animal Um, And here's the funny thing. For most places, a service animal, you don't need a prescription or anything of that nature. You can literally just say, this is a service animal. And as long as it's trained to improve one aspect of your life other than just simply being a companion, then it is by definition a service animal. And, you know, the ADA allows it to be treated as such. And there's a lot of laws and rules that that govern what a service animal can and can't do. Uh, Mostly is what... (laughs) Anybody around them, such as uh, uh, so anybody in the service industry or anything of that nature, has to do to accommodate it. Uh, for example, hotels uh, cannot discriminate against somebody who has a service animal. Uh, most hotels will they'll have certain rooms that are only for people that bring their pets, and there's there's a service fee associated with that. They can't do that with them a, with a, with a service animal. Now, the difference with an emotional support animal, which is kind of funny, is most places can require. A medical letter such as you're trying to rent an apartment and you're trying to bring fluffy with you and they say no pets and they can just say it's an emotional support animal (laughs) and in that case there is there is medical documentation that can be obtained but you can also get that online from any online doctor and there's lots of services that do that
1: so i think most doctors are just okay with it like that's uh, another part of the problem i mean yeah yeah
0: i mean and, and truly honestly there you know i went to a doctor's appointment uh, last fall and um, you know just through some of the discussion I had with the, this new provider about past history uh, sh- she straight out asked me if I wanted a, a, an accommodation letter for a
1: serv- for an emotional
0: support animal
1: <laughs> there you go that's what I'm saying I remember my first apartment uh, the girl I was living with as it was just friends it wasn't a relationship thing but um, she got a service dog in an air or, yeah a so, an emotional support dog emotional support. In an apartment that didn't allow pets and then we had to like act very proper and everything like no noise coming from our, our apartment at all it was all this crazy stuff because she was worried that they would revoke that uh privilege she had
0: yeah uh, and and you know it, it's th- this story was picked because i was going to have this con- this continued conversation with buck you know but he actually has a service dog uh, it's a bloody chihuahua, but he has trained it to do certain things. I'm not going to go into. That's his story to tell, not mine. Uh, so it, 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 having that that knowledge there was going to be part of it. But I mean, have you ever ran into a situation where you've seen somebody who has an animal? Usually, it's a dog, but let's just let's, I'll open it up to anything. Where you're like, that is
1: obviously not a service animal. Um, I don't. I don't actually know how many... I mean, I, I doubt it usually when I see it. Like if somebody has something weird in the grocery store pushing around in a cart, I'm like, okay, do you just like... Are you taking advantage of the situation or are you actually required to have it? Um, but that's kind of like the the gray area that nobody's willing to tread on right now because of the way things are in the world, right? Well, let's just take, for example, there's other, you, can, you can take
0: that and equate it to other things. Uh, in my car right now, there's a handicap placard. It's not mine. It is my son's. My son is perfectly entitled to have it. He doesn't need it all the time. As a matter of fact, we almost never use it. But today, we were in uh, Tulsa, and uh, we uh, he's having a bad day. So we actually pulled it out, knocked the dust off of it, hung it up, got <laughs> out of the car, and I'm like, this feels kind of slimy. It really does, because I don't need it. My wife doesn't need it. My My other son doesn't need it. But it's not for me; it's for him. Um, so you know, it's he's entitled to have it, and we don't use it unless we need it. But there are definitely people out there who will exploit anything in the, under the sun to get one, and or they'll use their relatives or what have you. And it's very, very little you can do to ever prove it. Um, but we've all seen that. We've all seen people get up, like, hop out of the car and with handicap plates, and you're like, "Yeah, right. You need right. that." <laughs>
1: I mean, the issue is it's better to be wrong when the person doesn't need it and just let them go than it is to be wrong when the person does need the animal and tell them they're not allowed. Yeah. I, I love the, the
0: stories you see online of people that um, have handicapped placards get confronted by some Karen saying, you don't need that. You should be ashamed of yourself. And then they pull their pant leg up and then they're... And they they pull their
1: leg off and
0: <laughs> they have like a fake leg or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um now unless the animal is truly bothering me i, I don't give a rat's ass i don't i i, I kind of snicker to myself because i've trained dogs before um when i when i'm like in walmart or something and fluffy they-, they have like a bed in the uh in the in the seat on the cart and fluffy's in there just a little chilling out i'm like yeah okay sure whatever though it's not hurting me so i don't really care Uh, Now, when I see them trying to drag Cujo through Lowe's, different story entirely. (laughs) Um, But I I don't think there's anything really to rate there, duck. Um, But, you know, I I just wanted to bring that up considering our our past stories. And I I actually do plan these out sometimes a little bit in advance. And I planned on
1: having a buck, not a duck. Could you imagine the peacock on the plane, though? I would love to Uh, see a peacock on the plane. Was was it a male? Because the males have the big feathers the plumage. It... the plumage yeah did it did it present oh that'd have been awesome <laughs> <laughs> mike tyson punches the peacock in the face <laughs>
0: that's, that's that's another lesson for another day never pick a fight with the former heavyweight champion of the world <laughs> right well Buck. our next story comes from NBCnews.com. florida mom threatens to blow up school because son wasn't fed enough at cafeteria did you, did you have school lunches or did you pack when you went to school? We had school lunches. Uh, I packed a lot or I, some, if I got the free lunch, sometimes I, uh, I, I I did that. But I don't ever remember, you know, this much drama over a school lunch. <laughs> a Florida woman has been arrested after allegedly making a bomb threat to her son's high school, enraged that her son wasn't fed, being fed enough at the cafeteria. Uh, Anaya Metoya-Smith forty one was arrested Wednesday in connection with threatening with a threatening voicemail she left at Dakoca High School on february third around five thirty PM, saying she'll blow up the school according to an affidavit of probable cause. The city of Coca is about forty five miles east of Orlando. Uh, she has been charged with false reporting a bomb or arson against a state-owned property, a felony, and distribution of an education. I'm sorry, disruption of an educational institute, which is a misdemeanor. Smith allegedly said in her voicemail, "If you don't start feeding my child better, I'm going to come around and blow that motherfucker up." <laughs> The school staffer who heard the voicemail the following morning called law enforcement and an evacuation and search was done at the school, but yielded no evidence of an explosive or harmful device. Smith didn't leave her name on the voicemail, but a search of the school's records found the number used to make the threat was listed as Smith's cell phone number. (laughs) Way to go! (laughs) The school's resource officer also confirmed that Smith's son got into a verbal argument with a cafeteria worker on February 3rd in regards to wanting extra food. Uh, When the affidavit was written on April 7th, Smith's son was no longer at the school and attempts to contact Smith were unsuccessful. A spokesman for Brevard County, uh, Brevard Public Schools, told NBC the district is thankful the manor didn't escalate. <laughs> okay. So this is kind of like the, you know, she says, if you don't do this, I'm going to come around and blow that motherfucker up. She didn't actually say there it was a bomb. It was a
1: poor choice
0: of words. It was a poor choice of words. I mean, it's kind of like, just. Uh, it's kind of like the guy uh, that goes into the Walmart bathroom saying, I'm going to blow this, I'm gonna, I blew that thing <laughs> up. <You know>? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same uh, time, I don't. I, I wouldn't really uh, be comfortable just saying, "Oh, well, she's just a dumbass Karen." When children are involved,
1: does that make uh, sense? Correct. Yeah. No. It's like it, it's like suspicious packages. I know you've probably been trained on that, right? You've got to. You know it could be stupid, it could be nothing. It's probably nothing. You've got to treat it like it's like it's dangerous. You can't. You can't say, "Oh." We thought, we thought it wasn't a threat, and then she blows up the school, and then what? Yeah,
0: then you're just screwed. I mean, I used to be a member of a team. Uh, we were a disaster response team. We dealt with anything chemical, radiological, biological, or nuclear. So, you know, suspicious package. It kind of fell in our alley, and I still tr- I train uh, employees on that now to this day. Um, you, you don't take anything lightly. Uh, one of the hardest things I've ever had to try to get through people's head is I don't care if y- you you could be possibly be embarrassed. You call the police department and you let them deal with it. If it turns out to be nothing, it turns out to be nothing. Big deal. Nobody cares. No one's ever going to give you shit about it. Well, they might, but I'm not. Um, but, you know, <laughs> if it turns out to actually
1: be something, thank God that you actually made that call. So, I mean, it's just like I said about the last thing. It's better to be wrong. If it's nothing, then it is to be wrong if it is something.
0: It is. And, you know, especially when, you know, children are involved because, you know, we have a situation where, you know, just recently in the news, we had a situation where parents knew their son had a firearm. They knew he was possibly going to shoot up his school. They even left a message saying, please don't do it. But they didn't call the school. They didn't call the police. And he did shoot some classmates. So, and I mean... You yeah, you can't. And they were charged, right? Yeah, the parents were charged. Um, so you can't ignore this kind of thing. So I, I can't um, I can't give the the school any any shit for for you know going hog wild on it because that's what they're supposed to do. That's what they should have done. But you know it was, it was probably just a poor choice of words from an angry mother. Um, but here's the whole thing: if, if your son's not getting
1: enough to eat, maybe uh, maybe pack his lunch. <laughs> yeah, that's always an option. That's always an option. Or. Then. Or, you know, I could buy a second lunch if I wanted to at school. Yeah, get back in line, buy second lunch, man. Even when I, 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 for a little while, I went to this school district that gave free lunches. You had the option. They had a a little Caesars on campus. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So you could buy from that, and it was cheaper than if you go to the regular store. Um, I'm not saying every school has that. That was just a cool thing we had. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's kind of funny. When we moved to where we're at now, um, when we were enrolling the kids in public school, they gave us the forms for the free lunch. And we said, you know, we we don't need those. And they go, no, just just take them and fill them out. Like, listen, we're not going to qualify anyway. I'm not going to waste my time. They said, listen, just fill the damn paperwork out. Turns out every single kid in that school got free lunch
1: yep it's I mean, a school district
0: thing it's a school district thing uh, because we are also uh we live inside of the choctaw nation we're in a reservation so the um the, the choctaw nation actually subsidizes the school lunches for all the school districts in inside oh. the, the territory so but my kids they quit eating breakfast and i was like why aren't you eating breakfast anymore because they're feeding them breakfast in school too
1: Yep. So they were feeding I got them breakfast and lunch. They That's were, cool, they, were them,
0: they were feeding them breakfast. They were feeding them lunch. They'd come home in the afternoon. They'd have like packs of sunflower seeds and, and like cheese sticks and stuff. What's that? Oh, they give it to us to take home. And on Fridays, they, they'd send them home with a couple bag lunches. <laughs> it was like, and, 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 it's, and it took it, it actually it didn't click right away that most of the school district is so impoverished that they're actually doing
1: that to make sure the kids have something to eat over the weekend. Yeah, um, I've. I've Volunteered for a few schools throughout the day, and I've seen seen them do that stuff like that for kids. Yeah. So,
0: and we I know we kind of went off on a tangent there, but um, <laughs> you know, I, it doesn't matter how mad you are, leaving a voicemail of that nature probably isn't a good idea, whether it's a school or otherwise. I mean, I don't I don't advocate telling anybody you're going to blow that motherfucker up. <laughs>
1: Well, they have to take it as a terrorist threat. Yeah,
0: so you're you're probably looking at uh, some serious time here, Miss Smith. And it, it, I'm going to try to keep track on this one and get a follow up if we do hear from it. But you know, Duck, uh, I know this is the first time on the podcast, and one of Buck's favorite things is to give these things a score one through five. What do you want to give Miss Smith on a scale of social liability?
1: Uh, I will give her two point five
0: liabilities. <laughs> considering in, in my standpoint and considering she probably didn't actually mean she was going to plant a bomb. She was just being a jackass. But the fact that it did disrupt a, a, an entire school day and involve a lot of law enforcement, that could have been doing other things. I'm can't really give her less than a three.
1: I also don't know what the highest and lowest of the scale is. Uh, five's the highest. <laughs> One's the lowest. <laughs> so the worst, the worst of the worst get a one or the worst of the worst get a five. They get a five. Okay. I'd say, yeah, 2.5 just because she's an idiot. Just because she's an idiot.
0: All right, Buck, we're back with a new story from WFLA.com. Did you just call
1: me a moron in that ad? What? Did you call me a moron in the ad? Probably. It said these two morons? How did these two morons make a podcast? (laughs) I'm not a moron. Listen, you, you're you gonna change it. You're the one that's gonna s- change it. You were the
0: one that set me down the path of this whole podcast adventure. Okay, I just want to point that out. I didn't, you know, I didn't want. Oh, I'm gonna do a podcast. No, it was because of you. Okay.
1: Yeah, I was like, I was like, I've always wanted to do a podcast, but I don't know how to do any of that other stuff. I just, I don't want to talking. do the technical <laughs> stuff, so I ended up doing all the
0: technical stuff, and then you know, here we are. You know. Yeah okay are you are you done being like offended can i can i keep going now
1: uh no i'm still triggered okay
0: well get get it out of your system because here we go uh this comes from wfla.com pinellas man uh says he's jesus and traps minor in a locker room and kisses him yes indeedy this is another fucked up teacher story folks a Dunedine man is facing charges after he allegedly trapped a minor in a locker room and kissed him without his consent. Police say James Trevor Brian Thompson walked up and walked up to the victim inside the locker room at Clearwater Church Fitness and talked to him about love and being a vegan. Well, now you know he's fucked up. Uh, he also said that he was Jesus Christ in another life and tried to give the victim a hug. When the victim tried to get away, Thompson, who was about 100 pounds heavier than the victim, used his body to block his path and prevented him from leaving the locker room. He gave the victim an unwanted kiss during the incident. Another person witnessed the alleged act, and Thompson was arrested. When interviewed by detectives, Thompson admitted to kissing the victim. He was arrested for simple battery and false imprisonment and booked into the Pinellas County Jail. He he was released on a
1: $5,500 bond. Okay. Was he not convicted for any of the assault that happened well, in that scenario? he's out on bail right now. He hasn't gone to trial. Oh, okay, okay.
0: But, you know, he's, he's only charged with simple battery and false imprisonment. What about attempted rape? Yeah. I mean, this is a minor. There is no consent. There is no consent.
1: And it sounds like there's clearly, like, not even a question, like... It was even witnessed, for God's sakes. Yeah, that guy... What happened to the guy that was witnessing this? Or, what did he do? Did he step in, or...? One would hope.
0: But, I mean... so We've been talking about this kind of thing. And, you know, we talk about how, like, when a male teacher goes after a student, um, they usually get the book thrown at them. And then when a female teacher does it, you know, it's it's high-fives all around. You know, and it's... You know, it, it's, it's not any different in my opinion. You have a, a person who's using their authority to initiate a relationship that, you know, whether it is consensual or not, it's still deemed by societal standards to be improper. Um, we've decided as a society that we do not want uh, our, our children engaged with these type of relationships. But also the fact that, you know, you, you, uh, you look at any like most professions, um, let's say corrections, for example, even when a member of staff and a uh, participant inmate, whatever you want to call them, engage in any kind of activity, consensual or otherwise, it's automatically rape because it's uh, rape under the guise of authority and the same thing is is true with teachers you know they're they're using their authority because you know they they have uh, the the theory of locus parentis that allows them to act in the best interest of the child, to make decisions on behalf of the child, and to you know act as a uh, parent in lieu of an actual parent being there, but they can also override the parents in some situations. So to say that they that a teacher has no, uh, like a student has no reason to feel that the teacher has authority over them and to, and to fear what could possibly happen is ludicrous. So why is this not instantly Instantly charged with a, with a rape of a minor.
1: I I don't know. It seems pretty cold cut to me. Ah, this this is just absolutely you know. It's a disgusting to me. You know, and this just... kind of thing is going to validate anybody else that you know is, is is the only reason they're doing it. It. The only reason they're not doing it is because they're scared of the law. If they, if people like the story comes out, they clearly assaulted somebody and they don't get charged with that. That's gonna put make more people more bold. So this story is coming out,
0: you know, coming out of Florida. Florida right now is acting enacting laws that, you know, if if a teacher says anything in regards to an LBGTQ plus relationship at all or, or mentions anything of that nature, they're automatically considered to be grooming and can be criminally charged.
1: So are they saying like it's okay to groom kids to be straight, but it's not okay to? Well, no, this was this was a homosexual act right
0: here. So, oh, why? Well, are, right. I, so
1: why? I is, just. I,
0: I know. I. I just like what's what's the the double standard here? Because you know, um, you would think that the, the Florida legislature would be like, you know, hang him from the gallows, but you know, instead he's out on a fifty five hundred dollars bond. That's way too low. Yeah.
1: It, because it's... what is? And there's no, and the charges don't even really seem to make sense. He's shown that he's capable of doing it, and what's going to stop him from doing it again? And let, let's talk about the elephant in the room here, Buck. He thinks he's Jesus Christ. Yeah, clearly not mentally stable either.
0: <laughs> um, you know, in most situations, we we when we give like a, our social liability score to people, we usually do it with the, the perpetrator. But in this particular case, I don't think it's really adequate i think in this case i think i would give a score to the district attorney for not charging this guy appropriately not asking for a higher bond which he may have he may have but i doubt it considering that the charges don't warrant a higher bond than that and you're you're allowing this person back into the community when you know they're just possibly going to victimize another child i yeah, wish i wish it, i wish it, I, I wish it said how old the child was it just says a minor you know but i'd really like to know
1: I think this is like an easy five right yeah i'm to, I'm... Both, to both parties Yeah, All right, no i mean not the victim but like the no, government we, and we are not victim blaming <laughs> <laughs> no oh this is this is just yeah just yeah. like and that's this whole florida law the whole don't say gay thing i think that's crazy how can you not like you can't don't say straight either then see that's the thing it actually does
0: um uh, the way the law is, is is they can't actually mention any kind of relationship, heteronormative, okay. heteronormative or otherwise, but that's not the intent. So the intent was you can't mention homosexual relationships or, or any other kind of non-heteronormative. But the way they wrote it, because they can't discriminate, it was they can't yeah. n- mention sexual relationships or intimate relationships of any kind. So by that standard, they actually can't talk about...
1: Heteronormative relationships, either. So okay, they, that's if they if they're worried about grooming, then don't present either side of the coin, and let everybody just be who. Oh, they I, are. I can't.
0: I can't wait till somebody um, mentions their husband or their wife, and yep. then somebody files a suit because they or files charges against them because well they met, they
1: talked about a relationship. That's literally what started this, right? It was a, a teacher's talking about you know her home like going on vacation with. Her wife, right? I I think, yeah, there was a little bit of that story on it.
0: And then, what? Your teacher's gay? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Do you you really, Duck, do you go through your day and ever look at somebody and go, you know, I I really need to know because I don't know what kind of relationship I can have with that person because I don't know what kind of genitals they like to play with.
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) No, I should... When, when, if I'm not in a relationship if I feel like shooting my shot like I, I take a chance that was a poor choice of words <laughs> I, uh, if I'm interested in somebody I'll take a chance and if they reciprocate then it goes on if they don't then I assume they have to be gay <laughs> <laughs> alright I, I like your way of thinking sir
0: <laughs> oh well they didn't want this, then they must be gay. Right. I wish I I read, to... I read this, this I read this situation all wrong. What's 100%. I, I dude, I liked your way of thinking. I really do. Well, speaking of um politics and sexual relationships. How familiar are you with Madison Cawthorn? I don't that doesn't ring a bell. Okay, well, he is a Republican uh, congressman from North Carolina, and he is uh, right now in my household. There are two endless sources of entertainment: one for me, and one for one for Sadar. Uh, the first for me is, I tell you, I am getting nothing but enjoyment out of this Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. It is bringing me endless amounts of joy every day watching her, her attorneys bungle their way through life <laughs> and all her all, every, everything that, that they try to put up get annihilated it is, it is bringing me just there's, there's such happiness now Sadar, on the other hand she's following this congressman and let me tell you why Photographs obtained by Politico appear to show Madison Cawthorn, the embattled Republican Congressman from North Carolina, who recently accused his GOP colleagues of inviting him to orgies wearing lingerie in what appears to be a party setting. So uh, Mr. Uh, Cawthorn is in a wheelchair. He's gotten pulled over for DUI several times, tried to use his position to get out of them. Uh, Other things, he keeps getting himself in trouble. Uh, and here he is in a, in a photograph wearing women's lingerie, drinking alcohol at a nightclub of some kind. Cawthorn, 26, was raised in a conservative Baptist community in Henderson County, North Carolina, and, he, and has stalked his political persona on arch-traditional Christian principles and the insistence of the importance of a kind of hyper-masculinity. His comments about the sexual perversion in Washington made on a podcast, which he later admitted were exaggerated, drew the public disapproval and disavow of minority leader Kevin McCarthy, as well as other Republican leaders, including those in his North Carolina uh, Congressional Caucus. The revelation of two photos in the latest series of unflattering headlines for the fl- uh, freshman member of Congress in the run-up to the primary for his re-election bid. The primary in North Carolina is May 17th. Cawthorn has seven Republican opponents who see him as vulnerable. Cawthorn, who was paralyzed from the waist down as a pasture in a car accident in Florida in 2014, in recent months called the Ukrainian president a thug, suggesting to Tyler, um, I don't know. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi has a drinking problem and racked up a collection of traffic transgressions, including speeding, driving with expired tags and driving with a revoked license. Yeah, he has court dates for those in May and June, by the way. Politico could not uh, independently identify the photos which are screenshots of original images they were provided to Politico by a person formerly close to Cawthorne and his campaign (laughs) a second person formerly close to Cawthorne and his campaign confirmed the origins of the photos the date the photos were taken as unclear, although they appear to be show Cawthorne sitting in a wheelchair indicating this event happened after his accident. In the photos, he is wearing a uh, distinctive pendant necklace that appears to and other images and videos of Cawthorne. The video I'm sorry, the photo uh, has started circulating amongst his political rivals as well. Cawthorne spokesman Luke Ball did not respond to multiple requests for comments. Gee. After the story published, Cawthorne tweeted that the photos were taken of him during a game on a cruise before he was elected to Congress. I guess the left thinks goofy vacation photos during a game on a cruise taken way before I ran for Congress is going to somehow hurt me. They're running out of things to throw at me. Share your most embarrassing vacay pics in the replies. I I love politicians that are trying to campaign with social media (laughs) i was raised on proverbs proverbs and push-ups cawthorne said in a podcast in september of 2020 i uh, subscribe to the judeo-christian beliefs i have a personal relationship with jesus christ i think that my uh, political ideology where it really stems from you know my ethics and my morals and what i think is right and wrong you look to ancient uh, Jerusalem and the ancient uh, Judeo-Christian values. God, this is hard to say. Uh, So right and wrong, he continued. It also cling to a lot of traditional values and a lot of traditional ideals uh, because they've worked in the past. I think they bred a generation of soft men that generation as create a lot of problems in our society and culture, he said in March of 2021 on a podcast designed to reclaim and restore masculinity in a society that is even more dismissive of what it means to be a man. There's God, only God, and two genders. <laughs> that guy's a piece of work, a hypocritical piece of work at that.
1: Yeah, so, it sounds like.
0: So if you're going to be a real man, you're going to be
1: taking photos of you drinking, uh, wearing lingerie? Um, Well, I choose not to subscribe to the fact that only women should wear lingerie, so maybe not.
0: So so I I will say that um, I, I have been in Chelsea, which is the... Uh, infamous district in manhattan known as the gay district and i have been there after dark and as a matter of fact i attended a midnight showing of the rocky horror picture show yikes yes indeedy and let me tell you that was a fun show <laughs> i crowd kind of creased me out at a normal showing of the show <laughs> i went there with my wife and a bunch of students okay <laughs> um I, the whole idea of you know you <laughs> you have to act a certain way because you know you're you got to be a man. You got to be a man's man. Okay, whatever, dude.
1: You know I had... was the podcast, Alex Jones podcast.
0: Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a man's man. <laughs> now the I don't. Skirt, the frogs gay. <laughs> and now I don't have a podcast because I'm broke. <laughs> Oh, Alex Jones, you piece of shit. (laughs) But, I mean, it's nothing new for a political uh, person to be hypocritical. And I think this is just another, you know, showing of how hypocritical that our politicians actually are. And, you know, I tell... And I even had this conversation with Sadar earlier. If you subscribe to the fact that I am a... Republican, or I am a Democrat, and I believe with everything in all of my heart what my party's doing is correct. Then you're a fucking sheep. I agree. If you believe a hundred percent everything one of these parties is saying, you're a fucking sheep. I mean, I I, I consider myself, you know, more conservative than I do um,
1: liberal, but goddamn, the, Re- the Republican Party's doing some goofy shit lately. <laughs> I I hate the two-party system. I think it should be thrown out the window. It all it does is divide us down the middle and nothing ever gets decided because everybody's arguing about it and it's about my team versus your team. It's red versus blue and not what's best for everybody.
0: Yeah, there was I a there was every
1: a... single scenario should be taken at its face value and make a decision individualized based on the scenario.
0: You know, there was a uh, an episode of Treehouse of Horrors where Clang and Krang, the, the the aliens from The Simpsons. Okay, they uh, they both ran for president, and it was a two party system. You have to vote for one of us, and they're like, "What does vote for a third party candidate? Go ahead, throw your vote away." <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> you know, then they ended up having to vote in one of the aliens who enslaved the human race. Um, it's kind of you know, that's kind of what a two party system comes down to. You know, it's the, which one do you vote for? The giant turd or the you know the, 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 the turd sandwich or the giant douche. <laughs> yeah. So uh this particular senator, Cawthorn,
1: what do you want to give him score wise? Uh say you should probably give it a three. I
0: and I, uh I never I never try to change anybody's mind. I, I never try to change Buck's mind. I say he's entitled to his opinion and he has it in I'm gonna give this piece of shit a five, and here's why. He okay. he is somebody who has political power over other people. He is somebody who's been elected to be in charge. You know, he can make decisions that affect people's lives on a daily basis. And he's a hypocritical piece of shit. He's a liar, and I don't, I don't, I don't bide liars, <laughs> especially when they're uh, doing something in order just to, you know, keep their, their position in power. You know, you take, you can take it from as high as, as a, as a sitting president to as low as, you know, somebody who's you know, comes a deacon in the church and goes, "Oh, I'm in charge of something." <laughs> Piece of shit, in my opinion.
1: I can, I can see that. That's that's fair. Like, this guy is going to tell the people no to to his choices, but then not re- restrict himself to the the choices that he told people they can't make. Yeah. So, so yeah, being a hypocritical politician is a it's kind it is, of a pre- uh, it's kind of a prerequisite for the period. job it's pretty
0: prerequisite for the job but when you get called out on it i'm going to call you out on it best i can and you know if right. i mean the worst thing that's going to happen to you is a social liability podcast says you're a piece of shit well then you're probably still doing pretty good in your life but <laughs> <laughs> but here you are you sir are a piece of shit uh that being said folks that's going to bring us to an end of another episode uh we'd like to ask that you if you enjoyed the episode Please tell a friend. Uh, the only thing that it ever costs is attention, because that's the only thing you pay is attention. Uh, if you share us in any way, shape, or form, whether it is on all the different platforms, you can listen to the podcast as well as our YouTube channel. If you just search for the Social Liability Podcast, you can find the podcast, in it's video format, and you can you can see Duck in all of his all of his glory, all his plumage. Yeah. Okay, folks. I'm the Razgrease. He's the Blue Duck Gold Duck. Wishing you all a happy and safe week. And we'll catch you on the next episode.